Shout out to the mighty Who That Nation, man. We up in this thing, Sports Coma, representing in this piece. Much love to the family, like I've been saying for some time now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. Fam, what's popping? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it is what it is. And um, look, we've got, we've got uh, you know, a game in front of us. Uh, against the team that's in front of us in the, in the division. And, and, uh, you know, we need to put out our best effort. Now, uh, you know, make you an out. It is what it is. It is what it is. Shouldn't it be conversations made? And this is what I'm saying. If you're a general manager and you really a general manager and you're about generally managing some stuff and keeping things on a winning side of the field, wouldn't they be ultimatum set? Wouldn't they be like, man, I'm going to have to listen. I like you a lot, man, but listen, you're going to have to win. If you don't win the playoff and get this team to the playoffs, you're going to have, I'm going to have to fire you. Okay. That's just holding true to the culture of the team. We have to have some accountability. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I, you know, whatever you have, but me personally, and just sidebar, I don't think this is about like with Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis. A lot of people say, Q, ask me all the time. Why won't they get rid of him? What's the problem? Why, you know, most coaches or most teams that see a bull, a bull crap coach, it's his team is literally split on him. I'm just, just keeping it a buck 15, literally split on him. And he's losing, can't control. It's just, un, just undetailed, not, not just everything, just tore up, just, just not even close. Losing games, you had no business losing. Why is this, why is this, why is the feeling that he's safe? Because it's the money of the contract. I keep telling people that. Nobody in the NFL is there in love with somebody like that. Sean Payton was here because the majority of the years Sean Payton was winning. Whether or not he got you a Sue got you one Super Bowl, but outside of that, he would win every year. And he would, as long as you did that to a degree, you would be safe. But Dennis Allen doesn't afford that luxury because he doesn't win. So what other thing is it? It's not him winning. He doesn't have any really ta- any good serious talent. 
his defense is not all of that, to be honest with you. They play, they've been up and down for this season. They haven't been a dominant unit for many spates of the last several weeks. They were allowing people to gash him on a running attack. What had, where that came from? Secondary has been solid, but his sticking point is the defense and his defense. has not always been there. Even when the offense wasn't a handful of these games, defense still allows stuff to happen. Like in the green Bay game, where was Dennis Allen's defense in the green Bay game? Even though the Saints had the, they were up 17, where was the defense with 11 minutes left to allow Green Bay to score the ball 18 to 18 and 11 minutes score 18 points to take the game at him? What was the defense at there? And I can show different points of reference through the season where the defense failed to step up, even though they did more positive than the offense did. And the offense was simply offensive for much of the season. My thing is this dealing with it, it's the money behind it. That's all it is. The contract, like I said, the question I've asked Mickey Loomis was, what's Dennis Allen's contract for real? How much is it? That is the question people need to be asking. Maybe people don't know. Maybe let me give you a question to ask to my media uh, friends out there. Let's go at Dennis Allen. I mean, or uh, Mickey Loomis, they don't really get the chance to interview him because he stays out of the way. But what is the contract on Dennis Allen? That'll give you all of the information that you need to know about how, why they are behaving like this with Dennis Allen. They don't love him like that. He's not winning. It's behind his contract, and I promise you that contract is a north of $8 million a year. I wouldn't be surprised if they're giving him $10 million a year for four years. I wouldn't be surprised at all because these are fools. So in the end, this is what they did. They did a bad bet because they thought that they had it all figured out. They had all the success all these years. They got big, fat, and comfortable and made themselves a target. They forgot to be progressive. They became dinosaurs and with all the success. They were victims of the success. They had this long ass list of people that was lined up for the games and they forgot that if you don't win, you don't get the support. You got to win. And that is what you supposed to do. You can't ask me to come see you. I don't care win, lose or draw. I'm a who that. But at the same time, if they don't rep, if they don't represent who we are and they're not listening and everybody, you, I know you hear the people yelling for Dennis Allen's throat and for what's going on with this car, car quarterback. You should be there at the very least there evaluating every day to figure out what's going on with this team. He doesn't do it. That, and he's not serious because he's big, fat and happy and lazy, which is what he kind of projecting to the people. Shout out to Brent when he said the, that they lazy and their reporting is lazy and unsophisticated. No, that's you. You're projecting. You're projecting because you're a general manager. That's a big, lazy-ass general manager. You refuse to take any steps to stop the team from falling through the floor. And that's why you need to go. Because you're operating out of a wrong place and you operate from arrogance. And that has no place here. It's a results-driven business. If you're not producing the winning results, you need to go there and change it. Don't sit up here and placate for losing. You will get targeted. You will get targeted because we've been stopped talking to Dennis Allen about changing. He's already a stonehead. He doesn't get it. But Miguel Loomis is his boss, and now he's making Ranger. You are now the target to get pushed out of there. See how this works? You can't stand in the way of progress, and you make yourself a target, man. So anyway, it's the money behind the contract. That'll be the first. I got other questions, but that's the main one. Let's get back to this, man. Look at Baker Mayfield. It, all, it, it always matters when you're facing a, a team. But I'm looking at Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. He had his best game of the season. Uh, I'm looking against the Packers. He threw for 381 yards, four touchdowns, and a perfect quarterback rating. 
And I think all of a sudden I look, okay, what he's going to do against the Jaguars. And all of a sudden they had a convincing win and an impressive run where Tampa Bay's at 30 to 12. Uh, we all know the Jaguars. You consider them as a playoff type team. And then now all of a sudden Tampa Bay is one win away from uh, securing their third straight NFC South. And now we've been part of four straight uh, victories uh, to win the NFC South. So I think we kind of, we kind of behind the eight ball with Tampa Bay right now compared to where we're at, uh, where we'd want to be going into this season. Yeah, look, we're, lo- we're looking up at them in the standings. They've played well um, the last few weeks. Um, look, that's to their credit. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, you, you look at these opponents, and, and oftentimes it's when you play somebody as opposed to who you play. And, uh, look, they're playing well right now, so so we're going to have to bring our best game and, and look, they've got a lot on the line, so do we. And so it should be a it's a playoff-type game for both of us. And, uh, that, you know, that's the atmosphere that we expect. Now, uh, you know, Mickey, when I look at what occurred um, in the Rams game, and I know you're watching this, I mean, it just seems like uh, that, you know, like, you know, you could be objective and you look at this AFC and NFC, and who's hot right now? I say the Rams were definitely hot. And you say, watch out for them in the NFC, considering you look at the Ravens uh, when they went to San Francisco, what they did. And then all of a sudden uh, they go to the East Coast is 31 to 31. And then all of a sudden they lose an overtime and a pump return. You look what the Bills have done as a blade in the AFC. Is it really like a game of streaks, whether it's like a handful or like month to month? It seems like who's getting hot at the right time is significant. Who truly uh, has a chance to make a difference? Yeah, look, I think uh, it gets right back to what I said, Bobby, in, in that uh, oftentimes it's when you play someone and, and are you playing them when, they, when they're feeling good about themselves and have a high level of confidence and everything's clicking and, and you know, the tempo's good and offensively and, and look, I, I think that the Rams have played, you know, particularly in offense, have played really well in the last, you know, four or five weeks. Um, you know, they've they've got, uh, um, you know, they got an experienced quarterback. They've got really good skill position people. They found a gem in this uh, rookie receiver. Um, the running back's playing well. The offensive line is clicking. And so, look, we, we caught them at, at uh, a time when they're playing well and we needed to match that. And, and we didn't particularly in the first half. Um, look, we, it was a poor start for us. You know, they got some momentum early. We're moving the ball and look, it was still a 10, seven, you know, game after we scored that touchdown with uh, a few minutes left, I thought we kind of seized the momentum back. Uh, you know, we, we, we get a stop and, and we're, we're moving the ball down, down the field and, and uh, get the fourth down. Um, and and we didn't convert, and then boom, 35 seconds later, they, they've got a touchdown right before the end of the half to make it 17-7, which in and of itself isn't isn't uh, uh, something you can't overcome. But look, they also were getting the ball at the beginning of the second half, and, and uh, you know took that down and scored too. So um, that was that was a, a, a swing in that game that we kind of climbed back into and and couldn't overcome. The same thing that he just said the Rams had when he talked about when you play the team and how you play the team, that don't matter, man. That shit don't matter. And I, and listen, man, I I, I just I'm not the BS guy, okay? 
the reality is this. This is how I see it. And this is if I have answered the question. That was a long ass question, by the way. I don't know, you know, whether well I would have jumped. I was like playing jumping plants, uh, you know, hopscotch. You had to try to see when you can jump in there. <laughs> that, uh, damn. But the reality is we we look at what Mickey Loomis is saying. When you talk about the quarterback position, the goddamn veteran quarterback that we was talking about that we was dealing with. Right. The veteran quarterback that he's talking about. We have a veteran quarterback that I thought that was, you know, that's decent. We knew who the Rams was when we were matching up against them. We knew that they were playing good football. We knew that we scouted the Rams. We, we said as much. We, we knew what they were going to do, what they were dealing with. We knew that we did. We knew what we had to do and they didn't do it. Now the, the thing about it is why didn't they do it? That's the question. Why didn't they do it? It's not about what they didn't do. Why didn't you do what you were supposed to do against the Rams who you knew who they were before you got there? Cause we knew we were doing the previews. We knew what time it was with the Rams. We were talking about what you need to look out for. We did a preview stream when we talked about certain people, like I do every game. We talked about game people that you need to be aware of. We even talked about Aaron Donald. And I even mentioned how historically and traditionally the Saints have always had good games against Aaron Donald. They don't let him cut up like most teams do, which he didn't. He had two tackles in the game. We made mention of that. The reality is, man. The Saints had wide receivers like he talked about uh, Puka, you know, the dude, the wide receiver, the other wide receiver for the Rams opposite, opposite of uh, of Cup. Right. You have that guy. You have a guy like that. He, that's Rashid Shahid. You had you. You have talent there, too. You had the Chris Olave. You had Rashid Shahid. You have Elvin Kamara. You have Jamal Williams. You have Jimmy Grant. You have Jawan Johnson. You have Taysom Hill. You got all these guys. You got all of these guys. You have all of these guys. So it's not like they the Rams were an offensive juggernaut that couldn't be stopped. Hell, the Rams came into the damn game with the same record we had. The same record. There wasn't a 10-win team at that point. There were a 7-7 seven and seven team that was starting to peak. We had everything we needed to beat the team except a competent head coach at the top, attention to detail, and a guy that was doing stupid stuff because he was operating out of emotionally as opposed from a plan. He thought he was going to go forward on fourth down against the offensive brain of the uh, of the Rams. And it, it cost them dearly. The onside kick, all the misusage of these of the timeouts and all this stuff. It's like we couldn't come back. And, and, and no, you didn't. And then it's this whole thing about, yeah, we fought. They fought to stay in the game. They just didn't give up. The the, the thing is, the that's that's the wrong way. They always spin it like. Hey, man, it's an effort thing. We just they had more effort than us. No, 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 no. The Saints were never in this, in that game. They never was in that game. Never was in that game. They scored 15 uh, points in garbage time. They was never in the game. They scored one touchdown in the first half, barely did that, and then went right back to what they usually do, which is punt, three and out, and all that kind of stuff. That's what they've been doing. But we make, make he makes no difference about addressing that. Don't even use that as a sticking point to go to his head coach and say, bro, listen, I'm tired of watching these games with with Derek Carr's operating his offense and these guys are not on the same field. You have to fix this or you're gone. I'm sorry. I can't continue to watch this. But there is no incentive for Dennis Allen to improve because he doesn't put any pressure on him. He sits here and placates and make excuses for him. That's why people are aiming at Mickey Loomis now. This is not how you general manage anything. And this is showing you 
that he's not a winning general manager operating like this is, which is showing you proof that it was, this was all Sean Payton show and Mickey Loomis was, a, was merely shot show Bob on this show along. Payton was the man. He was the star of the show and Mickey Loomis just branding, picked up his groceries. Go get me this apple. Go get me these oranges. Bring them back to me. I'm going to make this. I'm going to put this together. Get me these seasonings. Get me this meat. Put this here. Yeah, bring me this. Get me these right-sized pots. And, and you had Chef Peyton in there cooking up. And this goal for Mickey Loomis running to get the groceries. That's what this is because he's not doing anything to change anything. He's letting the team fail on his watch. So, no, he's not a winning general manager. He was, That was all Sean Payton, man. That's what this is showing you. It was all Sean Payton. A real good general manager wouldn't sit there and allow this guy who don't know what he's doing to, to drive the team into the ground. That's real. A general manager would get up and do that. Les Snead, who's the general manager that runs the Rams, would never allow this to happen. The guy that runs uh, Rahose, uh what's his name? Uh, Howie Roseman, the general manager from the Philadelphia Eagles, who just fleeces his dumb ass all the time because he's not who you think he is. Dennis, like the old, the old Dennis Green used to say, he's not who you think he, they're not who you thought he, Dennis Allen, uh, Dennis, uh, the Mickey's not who you think he is. Roseman fleeces him all the time. He's not who we think he is family. He's a guy that's good at finagling the money. But when it comes down to actually doing a job of a, as a general manager, this guy ain't who we thought he was for real. And he's been exposed big time, especially these last two years of him actually have to be a general manager and get there and do something. And he doesn't do anything but make excuses. He's a bum ass general manager. I'm just keeping it real. Without Sean Payton's glow or his energy in the building, Mickey Loomis is nothing. I'm keeping it real. He's nothing. Look what he's doing over the last two years. Nothing but making excuses for losing. This is unacceptable. You think the guy that runs the Rams would settle for this garbage? How about the guy that runs the 49ers? You think he'll settle for this type of trash? No, he wouldn't do it. They would change. They would go out and free agency and find players that want to play. They don't like me talking like this, but it's the God honest truth. All right, anyway, let me hear some of these uh, right quick. Brother Prom says, DA doesn't overshadow Mickey like Peyton. Car bus. Thank you, bro. Brent says, well, look, cute. Don't be, <laughs> be unsophisticated. Come on. Thank you, Brent. All right, Mike Hoss knows in the secret sauce chowder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what he's doing. All right, Brent said it, it was. He said it, it is was it it is what it is. No adjustments. We don't have any expectations. Just keep on supporting fans. Come on, man. That's right, Brent. Thank you for that, bro. Well, look, Big Q. We wish there was a magic formula. That's this is stuff. See, Brent is is throwing out to something, throwing out things that Dennis Allen said at various press conferences. And one of the the losses, the, the press conference after the Rams loss, he said he wished it was a magic formula. It was. It is. It, it, it's not a magic formula. It's called accountability. I said that you want guys to play better. You got to threaten them. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't. You got to make them feel uncomfortable about the jobs they have. What is? What is the? What I mean? What kind of? Uh, if you're a parent, if you're a good parent, what? How would your t- your children win to learn anything if you didn't discipline them? Meaning taking things away from them that they like if they did something wrong. And all you said was this and allowed them to do it. That would change their behavior. They have to be accountability. There is no accountability on this team. The general, the coach doesn't know how to be accountable. He does off code stuff all of the, all of the time. The whole Derek Carr matrix is off code. You you give him all of the comeuppance, but when he throws a pick six against Atlanta, that basically costs you the game. There is no blame on his part. It's all we lose as an offense. But when he won. 
the week before against the Giants, he was, how about Carr? You know, how about give him some credit? But then the next week when he loses the game because he stinks, you know, they lost as a team. It's total hypocrisy. And that's why there's a fractured locker room right down the center because people are they, these guys who play for the Saints play for real coaches, family. Most of these guys came from winning programs and coaches that will run circles around Dennis Allen. The guy doesn't know what he's doing, man. I know it and they know it. It's hard to play for a guy that you don't believe in, bro. I'm just keeping it real. They got to buy in. The majority of all of them have to buy in for the team to have success. And there is no accountability. Guys could false star. Guys could get blown down. Eric McCoy is on his ass all the time. Andrews Pete doesn't clear blocks. James Hurst looks weak. They don't do anything. Ryan Ramchek is a shell of himself. Ruiz missing blocks. They all stink, and they don't stink all at the same time. They stink randomly, which is really head-scratching. Like, this guy do good this time, this other guy do good this time. It's just terrible, man. If you watch the tape, they don't clear out nobody. That's why Elvin has a difficult time to run. And I'm like, why are they open these holes? You'll be surprised to see once or twice. They'll actually have a decent time when they'll open the hole for Elvin to run. This is all on film. There is no way to escape nothing I'm saying. Everything I'm saying is backed up by film. It is. The play of the offensive line is atrocious. And what does Dennis Allen do? Nothing. He doesn't change the offensive coach. He doesn't bench any of these guys that's playing shitty and he goes sign somebody or bringing guys. You got guys sitting on the practice squad, bring them in there. Anything is better than watching them stink like that. Do something different is what we call it. You change the play caller from whatever Carmichael to Curry. Do something different. He does nothing. Does the same thing over and over again. Same thing over and over again. And that is how you lose games. A magic formula, he says, the guy is absolutely clueless to what it takes to win. He is totally clueless. And Mickey Loomis is so blind and dumb. You really believe... When Mickey Loomis got set up there the last time, it says he believes that we got the right guys in the building. And we sitting up here looking at Dennis Allen team. His team is split. Guys are going to jail because they frustrated. And he's still sitting on his ass talking about we got the right guys. Are you crazy? It is. a, And that's when I said this guy is a fraud, man. This dude is a complete as a general manager by himself without Sean Payton. He's a complete fraud. He doesn't want to do anything that will make the team better until the offseason. So you can tank the team during the season and waste me and your time and our money on a bad product and then go into next week and spin and go into the press machine and spin. He doesn't want to get involved in anything. He doesn't want to do any damn thing differently. That's this dude's problem. So anyway, let's finish up, man. It's absolutely horrible and garbage what this is, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep him hitting them. I'm going to keep on keeping it on, man, because these guys are bums, man. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Mickey, obviously with Tampa coming up Sunday, you, you, the Rams are in the rear view mirror. I get it. But I also know just from, you know, talking to you and talking to Dennis Allen and, and the rest of this team that, that they felt, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth that did not win this game in the trenches. And that, 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 that bothers this kind of team, uh, with the defensive front that you have and the offensive line that you have to to maybe not win in the trenches. Yeah, I think I think that uh, look, I think we we you know they were the better team um, in that game, no question about it. They beat us, um, you know, in 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 at least on offense and defense. You know, they 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 get the advantage to us. 
took advantage of us and and uh, deserved to win the game. But we did some good things in the special teams uh, area. Um, but that wasn't enough to overcome, um, you know, the poor start in particular. You know, when when you, um, you know, when, I think the first three or four drives they had, you know, a touchdown, a field goal, a missed field goal. Um, and, and, you know, we ended up moving the ball at times, but not getting into a scoring area. We had a couple of fourth downs that we didn't convert. Um, and look, I don't have any, I don't have any reason to second guess that, you know, I, um, look, I think we went into that game thinking that we were going to have to score a lot of points to win, um, probably upwards of the high twenties or, you know, early thirties. And so I don't blame our, our uh, uh, play calling and, and trying to go for it and be aggressive on fourth down. But um, look, it didn't work out. Now, uh, you know, maybe... man, this guy. I mean, we keep saying the same stuff every week with this with this team. This dude here, man, just blind as a bat. And, and this is not how a, a winning general manager speaks. A general manager doesn't speak with two games left to go in the season, and you got to win both games. General manager have to have more force in his voice, more decisive, uh, you know, more decisiveness in his speech in terms of what he needs to do to win this game. I do blame, the, unlike Mickey Lomas, who is a, what you call him, uh, enabler. That's what the hell he is, an enabler. Unlike in like Mickey Loomis, I'm not an enable. I'm not going to enable. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. That's the only way we're going to get to the bottom of this. He's totally clueless as well. Whatever he's watching, you see that in the matchup, the, the the offense we talked about, the offense has to score touchdowns. That's why I didn't pick the Saints to win the game against the Rams. The offense is too inconsistent. It can't run the ball effectively. Carr is he's too inconsistent. He misses on targets on the wide receivers. Uh, the drives when they score are far in between. It's not like they pile drives one after the other. They cannot build on the momentum of a, a positive drive. A one, a positive touchdown drive is then followed by two or three or more nine touchdown drives in which they don't even get down into the, uh, the, the uh, opposition side of the field where they will punt most of the times. How do you, they almost are scoring touchdowns by luck. That's pretty much what's going on here. The majority of the time, they're they're three and out in it, and a handful of times they get lucky and score a touchdown. And like they keep, they just catch the team. That's what the feel of it. Like, like the Saints are scoring touchdowns by on you know not on purpose. Like it's an accident they score a touchdown. You'd be amazed when they score touchdowns. They're totally dysfunctional and irrational, but yet and still, we knew all of this coming into the game, and I do blame the offense for what's going on here because they can't control what they doing by preparing better. And of course that will come uh, as a result of the head coach changing the process, but you won't get any change. Notice how everything stays funky, stays inconsistent and stays. The only thing that's consistent about the saints offense is their inconsistency. They're consistently inconsistent because they don't change anything. They keep doing the same thing over and over again. And God be it that Mickey Loomis is not going to get up off his ass and go in there to three doors down in the Saints building and tell Dennis Allen, hey, man, we got to do something now. He won't do that. 
he'll run from you at the end of the season because he's not a real general manager, fam. I'm just, I, I he's like, Hugh, we had this dude for 20 years. He had all of this winning under Sean Payton. He won all these games. He just got a game ball two weeks ago for having 200 victories. He was a product of success under Sean Payton. He was. Sean Payton told him to do this. I can credit for him helping get Sean Payton in here. And then they went from there. But after that, it all stops. That's why he didn't want him to go anywhere. That's why they was giving Drew Brees contracts well after Drew Brees. Then says that his arm wasn't no good. Drew Brees said he can't even use his right arm. We knew that when the season was that Drew Brees was old and the Saints still was waiting for Drew Brees and he was in his late 30s. I said, look at these people, man. Because these people don't have no vision. They holding on to something they lucked up on. They got Sean Payton here for 20-something odd years or however long it was and got all those victories, and they don't want to let it go because they don't have any plans. They don't have a vision. They don't have anything, and Mickey Loomis was a byproduct of Sean Payton because he's nothing without Sean Payton, just like Carmichael is. He's nothing. Dennis Allen's nothing without Sean Payton. These are counterparts, or, or, or he, they're Robins to his Batman. Superboy to Superman, one, you know, however the side, whatever the dumbass sidekick is, that's who they are to Sean Payton. He's the star of the show. And Mickey Loomis is Sean's sidekick. He'll always be Sean Payton's sidekick. He was sending out draft picks to help Sean Payton out when he didn't even have draft picks, when they were trading out draft picks to get rid of these other people. And then Sean Payton decided to go over there and the Saints sent them over there. All they wanted was Sean Payton and they were going to give surrender a first round draft pick. The Saints sent not only did they send Sean Payton out there, but they sent a third-round draft pick from this upcoming year out there. Where sent the third-round draft pick for the same year when they traded them out there for Sean Payton. Mickey Loomis did that so Payton can have a draft pick to draft with. That didn't make any sense, and nobody asked him about that. And I was on the people asking, hey, man, why did you send a third-round pick? We need that resource. They only wanted a first-round pick for Payton. Why did you send a third-round pick with Payton for that one? 